G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. This is the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Welcome into the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Thanks to Enterprise, the recruitment company, improving people's lives for over 50 years. The keen listeners among you will recognise my voice as not that of Frankie Mackay. She's away under the weather this uh, weekend. In fact, all this week, unfortunately, so we wish her well. Uh, Manaya in from the run home. Um, pitched a sleeping bag last night as soon as the show finished and have woken up here. Right and early at Sparrow's Fart, it is just coming up on 7.02. We'd love to hear from you on double three. Where are you around the country, particularly if you're in Canterbury? Obviously, the studio's here are up in Auckland, so we'd love to get a quick uh, a quick weather check if we could. This being a Canterbury-based sports show, Jacob, and I don't know if you guys have done this yet, but I feel like, by way of introduction, we all need to tell each other what high school we went to. So, Jacob, please... Uh, I went to Long Bay College on Auckland's North Shore. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Did you enjoy that school? Uh, if I'm being completely honest, no. <laughs> I didn't enjoy school at all, to be honest. And uh, not much of uni either, but, you know, I'm here. So got a degree. <laughs> and, and, loving it, and, and loving it here. And loving life. No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm loving working here. Yeah. Yeah, you found your, found your feet. And you have to say that when there's a hot mic in front of you. Um, I myself remember listening to this very song, Larger Than Life, The Feelers, at the uh, Waimati Stadium growing up. I'm from down there in South Canterbury. Uh, I went to St. Kevin's College in Omaru. Um, I, would it be rude of us to ask every guest that came on what high school they went to? Or would it be rude of us as a Canterbury-based show not to ask them? I'm asking you, Jake. Oh, right, sorry. Um, yeah, I froze there for a second. Um, yeah, no, I guess not. I guess not. I don't know. It seems like the thing to do around Canterbury. I grew up in Auckland, so I wouldn't know. No. So, um, yeah. Well, I can tell you that is that is the way that uh, Cantabrians introduce themselves to one another. So feel free to introduce yourself on the text line or give us a call, 0800 150 Tell us why you're up uh, so early on a Saturday morning. Here's how the show's going to go uh, for the next hour. We are going to be talking to the Canterbury Bulls, uh, Canterbury Rugby League, rather, communications consultant, Will Evans, in just a moment's time to talk about the Canterbury Rugby League, which wrapped up a few weeks ago, uh, as well as the New Zealand Rugby League, which is kicking off again after a year-long hiatus.
hiatus, as a lot of sports did uh, with COVID. So it'd be good to get back into that. And, you know, we talk so much about the Warriors' uh, development and pathways and that kind of thing. Well, this is one way that we can uh, we can fix that, is to get New Zealand Rugby League uh, back on uh, back on track. We're going to go around the grounds in Canterbury, have a chat about what's coming up uh, this weekend and in the very near future. Plus, I'm told each week Frankie picks her top fives. Well, Frankie's away, so it's going to be Frankie's fill-in top fives and in light of the upcoming coronation of King Charles III, Jacob, the third. I know you're a big royalist. Um, I'm going to be doing the top five sporting kings. So if you've got any suggestions on that, please help me out. Double eight, double three. That'll be coming up later on in the show. As well as Tony Christie, he's the Canterbury Farrah Palmer Cup assistant coach. He's going to be joining us uh, bright and early. We're going to find out what game day looks like for a Farrah Palmer Cup final. They're taking on uh, Auckland at Rugby Park down there in Christchurch. So looking forward to catching up with him for that. Plus the panel, as we do every week, uh, we're going to be talking to Mike Thorpe and Brendan Egan about all things Sporting, not just in Canterbury, but around the world. Um, another capitulation by the Black Caps earlier on. The Panthers absolutely blowing out the eels in what was a very uh, uh, harrowing night for one winger, Wonga Blake. I don't know if you saw that game last night, Jacob. He had he had a game that I think is going to haunt him for a long time. I think he dropped three or four consecutive Nathan Cleary bombs um, and the eels who a lot of people were hot on. Uh, just absolutely capitulated. So we'll break that down with Mike and Brendan, plus the tiny Jamison Trophy is being contested from the 17th through to the 21st of September. Jamaica are coming over here to contest for that. Amelia and Canasio back in the squad uh, for the Silver Ferns. So we'll break all that down with our panel uh, later on. Right now, though, it is time to talk a little bit of Canterbury Rugby League with our dear friend Will Evans. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome into the uh, Canterbury Saturday Morning Sports Show Will Evans, communications consultant for Canterbury Rugby League, host and uh, mastermind behind this Warriors life as well. G'day, Will. How are you getting on, mate? Uh, good, thanks, and I thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. No, no, pleasure's all mine. The uh, Canterbury Rugby League has pretty much just wrapped up, I believe, was it last Sunday, the uh, the grand final between Linwood uh, and Hornby. How was the competition this year? Uh, yeah, a few weeks ago now, and I've a, a great uh, premiership again. Uh, Limwood cares back on top with uh, with a, an unbelievable grand final win, really, over Hornby Panthers. Uh, the Panthers all but went back-to-back. Uh, an incredible last-second try to Penetito uh, Alalio. Um, you know, and whoever saw that will forget it in a hurry, and it is available to watch on, on YouTube as well, a 50-metre solo try on the buzzer to uh, to win the, the trophy back for for the cares and um, yeah, put them back um, on top for the I think the time in seven years. Um, incredible uh, scenes at Nafunawa a few weeks ago, but a lot of those players coming together now uh, under the Canterbury Balls banner for the NZRL National Premiership. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get on to that in a second, but I think a lot of Warriors fans, particularly over the last two years, have been talking about uh, development and how do we um, you know bring great players through the ranks and how do we keep great players uh, in our ranks so that when they get to that top level they're playing for the for the Warriors. What kind of players in the NRL at the moment have come through these uh, these teams in the Canterbury Rugby League? Uh, yeah, so there's plenty that uh, not all of them uh, uh, they might have been plucked uh, before they got to sort of Canterbury Rugby League Premiership level but a lot we're seeing that influence in NRL a lot uh, these days. Jordan Rickey who uh, is in in line for a Kiwis call-up. He's at the Broncos now, came out of uh, Hornby Panthers. Bajan Arce, who debuted at the Cowboys a couple of seasons ago and switched to the Warriors mid-season. Uh, he's, he's a local lad here. Jermaine Asako as well, um, 
probably best remembered as Rookie of the Year a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Eagles, Junior, um, Broncos and Titans. Um, and, yeah, and we're also sent from the South Island, uh, Griffin Nang, a West Coaster, um, starring for the Cowboys in their top four push, and he was in the Kiwi squad mid-season as well. So, uh, yeah, to your point about the Warriors and keeping them here, um, I think a lot of people in South Island rugby league probably feel the Warriors have neglected this half of the country, sure. uh, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, something would, would obviously like to see a lot more uh, South Island and Canterbury Juniors head up to head up to Auckland, fishing out of their home and, and pull on the Warriors jerseys because they're certainly making an impact across the NRL. Yeah, I mean, it's a ridiculous list of players that you've uh, just rattled off. Kiwis among them, NRL superstars, as you mentioned, Rookie of the Year. Jermaine Osako is a, a phenomenal player in his own right. I remember growing up as a kid, um, I'm from South Canterbury, as I'll mention about five times uh, throughout the rest of this hour-long show, um, but I went to a few Bulls games when I was a kid, man, the old man used to go and watch them, but... I never remember there being like a local club. I feel like there's a there was at least an idea that it's hard to find a league cu- uh, club to play for down in the South Island, but that's not true, is it? No, I mean I think you know it's the grassroots rugby league has had its challenges in the sort of professional rugby league era from the sort of you know the heyday of the early nineties when Canterbury uh, under Frank Endicott started beating Auckland on the regular and mm. and had Kiwis playing for them you know, provincial level, like current Kiwis and, and you know, running around for our club sides uh, in, in, the, um, in the Canterbury competition. Um, obviously, professional rugby league has sort of changed things up, but, you know, there's definitely avenues here for uh, young, promising young players to come through and uh, get to the professional level. And, you know, the Bulls, hopefully, is a stepping stone for, for some of those players. And, you know, even if that's the, I guess, the pinnacle for, some of the, these guys, um, I think they're all proud to represent Canterbury as well. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the Bulls team uh, has 15 players from that final uh, that you were talking about just before. How, how important is the NZRL um, competition to rugby league here in New Zealand? Because I understand it was uh, one of the many victims of COVID over the last wee while. So it's, um, you know, how, how important is it to have this competition back up and running? Oh, it's huge. I mean, I think uh, New Zealand Rugby League have done a really good job, uh, especially getting the, the uh, profile and coverage on Sky Sports over the previous few years, pre-COVID. Um, and obviously it's a short competition through necessity, but a, a nice little uh, three-week round robin and a final between the top four teams in the country. Um, it had picked up a fair bit of momentum and, and got a lot of, you know, put players on that in that sort of platform. Um, missing that for the past couple of years has been tough for particularly probably the Auckland teams who haven't had any provincial uh, footy at all. Yeah. Canterbury has um, you know, still been, managed to play uh, their fellow South Island teams as they did last year. But yeah, it would be great for Canterbury to, to be playing um, like the Akarana Falcons and Counties Manukau again um, and, and Waikato as their opponents this weekend. And obviously the promotion relegation system, there's a lot at stake um, and Bulls really... Uh, Hell bent on staying in that uh, top tier. So, who's the favourite going into this one? Then, I mean, obviously, you've got uh, one eye open, being a Canterbury and yourself. But uh, this weekend's clash, who who you got? Uh, look, I think Canterbury will always start uh, favourites over over Waikato. Obviously, a bit of a smaller rugby league region, but I mm. uh, can't take anything for granted. I know that the Bulls. Um, after last year, historic loss to Otago and then uh, losing the final um, to Upper Central 
uh, Vikings last year, you know, they've, they've, they've got a lot to make up for and it really proves that you can't take anything for granted at representative level. Um, so, you know, obviously being at home is an advantage, but it didn't end up being an advantage last year with those losses I just talked about last season. So, yeah, huge uh, job for Coach Jed Laurie. Um, he's just taken over from Andrew Amatangi. Um, after five or six years at the helm there, he's still an assistant coach and um, great to have him still involved. But, yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't think that they'll be going into the Sunday's game thinking, you know, we're the favourites and our opponents are the underdogs of be taking uh, just taking it on its merits and um, hoping to come away with the victory. Obviously, this game will be, the, the losers of this game will be the favourites to be demoted next season. So, yeah, a lot of stake. Yeah, a lot to play for, so looking forward to that one. Um, just quickly, Matt, thank you very much for your time again, Will Evans. Uh, just before we let you go, mate, uh, you host a, a Warriors podcast. Um, as someone else who uh, also uh, works in sporting media covering the Warriors, how do you do it? What keeps you going year after year? <laughs> uh, i tell you what, this year has been harder than most. Um, <laughs> sometimes the uh, the controversy makes these tougher seasons easier to get up and, and talk about it um, and, and stay passionate. It was, yeah, it was a grind towards the end of the season, um, as I'm sure you experienced as well. Mm. Uh, but I think it's just that, still that diehard support that, you know, does make it, uh, make it worth continuing with. And, um, yeah, just that, that sort of community feeling and, and just wanting to be there when it turns around, wanting to be sort yeah. of, uh, involved still and, and talking about them because it will turn around um, you'd hope uh, you're not, not as confident <laughs> as, as I used to be mate but uh, yeah I don't I don't think I'd ever be able to give it up um, just too passionate about it and just finally mate what does Christchurch have to do to get a home game uh, for next year because I saw that uh, Wellington's been announced and Napier of all places how the hell did Napier jump Christchurch in the list of Warriors home games yeah disappointing I'm not sure what Sort of went into the the uh, bid to um, to get get those games there. Obviously, Napier's never actually hosted the Warriors. Uh, they have had an NRL game there, Storm Dragons, a few years ago. But this morning for Canterbury, hopefully uh, one of the other NRL clubs steps up to the plate and brings their home game against the Warriors here. Um, we've seen it a few times in the past with, yeah. with Penrith uh, and Manly bringing some games over. So hopefully that happens for 2023. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, uh, Will Evans, communications consultant for Canterbury Rugby League. Thanks very much for your time, mate, and enjoy the rest of your Saturday. My pleasure. You too, mate. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Your home for all sport from Christchurch and beyond. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Welcome back into the Enterprise Canterbury Sport Corner. Manaya and for Frankie uh, for your Saturday morning. It is just creeping up on 7.20 for your Saturday morning. We'd love to hear from you. Double eight, double three. Why are you up so early on a Saturday? Uh, did you have to cover for someone else at your work? 
I would love to hear from you. <laughs> double eight, double three. Um, enjoying being in the seat this uh, bright and early Saturday morning. We want to whip around the grounds now and find out what's going on in Canterbury. Something I um, have actually been roped in. I, I reckon, Jacob, I've got one stage production in me a year. I think I can watch one, you know? You, you, you seem to me like a big stage production guy. You go to a lot of musicals. Uh, personally, no. No, I don't, and I'd probably... I don't really want to, to be honest. I'd be dragged along. Yeah, yeah. I've got one, and it's like a, a cousin's high school play or whatever. Um, well, my auntie uh, participating in the Timaru Regional Theatre. Um, but this one is one that the missus has been trying to convince me to go to. It's on in Christchurch uh, on the 4th of October. Shrek the Musical. Oh, wow, okay. That, yeah. that doesn't sound too bad to me. No, clear. I like Shrek. I think everyone enjoys Shrek, don't they? Um, just about 20 years old, I think, Shrek. Um, but, yeah, the musical's going to be on the 4th of October. We're coming up very, very quickly, because um, it is spring, although it may not feel like it in certain parts of the country. We're coming up very quickly to that fun part of the year that I like about uh, uh, Labor Day. We've got uh, Daylight Savings happens around the same time, Halloween. And Guy Fawkes, uh, this year's Selwyn Fireworks is going to be on the 5th of November. Remember, remember. Uh, so if you're in or around the area, go and check that out. Also, of course, happening today, and we'll be talking to one of their assistant coaches later on, uh, Canterbury women's team are going to be taking on Auckland in the grand final of the Farah Palmer Cup. So if you want to go and check that out, you still can. It's going to be at Rugby Park later on this afternoon. And as I mentioned, we'll be talking to one of the uh, assistant coaches later on. Uh, plus... More important news, it is the start of spring racing today down at Rickerton Park, so make sure you tune into the mail run uh, directly after us at 8 o'clock for all of the oil. They'll be taking you through into, jeez, uh, through most of the day with all of your uh, racing action. Plus, uh, Ash Burden are hosting the trots tomorrow. SENZ has you covered as Mick Guerin and Greg O'Connor, dear friends uh, of the station uh, or dear friends of the run home, I, I was going to say, um, share their best of the day from 11am. That's on tomorrow, uh, New Zealand's favourite race week, Addington Cup Week, November 8th and 11th, on sale now at addington.co.nz. Now, I am informed by Jacob, our, our uh, tireless producer here, that one of the uh, bastions of the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner is Frankie's Fives. Frankie's Top Fives? Nah, just Frankie's five. Just Frankie's five. Well, Frankie's not here, um, unfortunately. But we've got to keep the traditions alive because I know that this is a show steeped in tradition. So we need to keep these things running. Uh, so today I present to you Frankie's fill-ins, fives. It's time for Frankie's five. Frankie's fill-in. Thanks, Ruben. Frankie's fill-in, fives. Today, in light of the upcoming coronation of King Charles III... By the way, Jacob, you're a big royalist. When is that? When are we... When are we... Oh, you put me on the spot. Hold on. <laughs> Is my cash still uh, legal tender if I go into the shops today? Will my password be accepted? I'd say so. I'd yeah, say so. Okay. All right, we're going in light of uh, King Charles III. We're going top five sporting kings in reverse order. I've, I've ranked these. And at number five, Billie Jean King. <laughs> Billie Jean, knowing she must get to the net. The six-time Wimbledon and four-time US Open Billie Jean King, best remembered for her famous, world-famous Battle of the Sexes match against Bobby Riggs, one of the most important moments in sporting history uh, and the advancement of women's sport. She trounced it, 6-4, 6-3, 6-3, the victory mark, a major turning point for women in sport and just, 
Just an absolute uh, masterclass from Billie Jean King. And at number four, this one slips under the radar when people are talking about their top 100 uh, basketball players. But in at number four is Bernard King. Nice ball by King. He has ten. He played uh, over three decades. He was one of the NBA's most consistent scorers, averaging around 22.5 points per game in his career. Even led the league at one point with 39 points uh, per game during the 84-85 season. And I, I feel like in the modern day, he would have been able to recover. But back in the 80s, you blow an ACL, that's your career done. And unfortunately, that's what happened to Bernard King. In at number three, Rafael Nadal, the King of Clay. Oh, it's incredible! That is what they have come to see from Rafael Nadal. I feel like as uh, sports fans, we always find it hard to put these players in a historical perspective while they're still playing, but I feel like we also take Rafael Nadal uh, for granted. He's perhaps one of the greatest players of his era, certainly one of the best of all time. Um, He's excelled on basically every playing surface and really made clay his absolute uh, domain. Very hard to beat Nadal on clay. So I'm told I haven't played him, Jacob. Uh, and at number two, one of my favourite uh, characters from the 90s. And, and a pretty long bow to draw, I'll be honest. But in at number two, Don King. That's why they call him Muhammad Ali. His promoter, Don King. I don't know that Muhammad Ali would have been as big as he was without uh, boxing's most famous promoter and icon of the sport. Made a career out of hyping fights, and I think that's where the the big hyping up of fights really started with Don King. Uh, David Tua later on picked up his lemon juice in the hair hairstyle. He comes in at number two for your Frankie's fill-in five, and at number one for Frankie's fill-in fives, your uh, top five of sporting kings, King James. Another one that we struggle to put into historical context because he's still playing. He's going into his 20th uh, season. I hope that this is a successful one for him and I think he'd be very happy that his career highlight that gets played out on the uh, Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner is a defensive one. Um, so that's a massive honour that he can add to his Wikipedia page. Uh, that is Frankie's fill-in fives for your Saturday morning. We're going to go to a quick air break. Uh, thanks to South Island Forklifts for all your forklift uh, needs. On the other side of this, we're going to talk to Canterbury Farah Palmer Cup assistant coach Tony Christie. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Your home for all sport from Christchurch and beyond. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Get it. The harder I fall, you sit there laughing. Why'd you 
Welcome back into the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Thoroughly enjoying the feelers on the Saturday morning. It's just coming up on 7.32. Manaya in for Frankie Mackay. And it is time for this uh, Canterbury Rugby update brought to you by Kevlar Holmes, proud partner of Canterbury Rugby, the Canterbury women's team, as you'll be well aware, uh, playing in the grand final of the Farrah Palmer Cup this afternoon. And the assistant coach joins us right now, Tony Christie. G'day, Tony. How are you going, Matt? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. That's the story. Hey, um, bright and early on a grand final morning. Did did we wake you up for this, or have you been up? Did you sleep last night? Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, slept easy as a coach. All our work's done now, so nah, it's probably the best sleep I've had all week. <laughs> um, were you impacted at all, you personally, uh, by the snow? Did you have a snow day earlier on in the week? Nah, nah, just a little bit in the backyard, but no, nah, business and, as usual. And no disruption to the training either. Nah. No, our girls are, are seasoned professionals, so nothing distracts them. Yeah, absolutely. And a fairly convincing season as well as far as the win-loss column is concerned, but um, not without tense nail-biters as you look through some of the results, a lot of two-pointers, a lot of three-pointers. Is that a focus of your coaching? Because, you know, Canterbury's a, a powerhouse of, of rugby, but is a focus of your coaching how to perform in those tense moments, those tight games? Yeah, obviously we, we definitely uh, didn't want them to be as close as some of those games were, but it is something uh, we practice, uh, lots of situational stuff um, and lots of examples at, at practice where we give them a scenario that are down by three, down by four, um, what's our go-to play, how are we going to win this? Um, one other thing that I noticed from watching um, from watching games throughout the year is there's some very well choreographed try celebrations. I had a couple of questions on this one. The first part is, do you have any uh, input into the uh, try celebrations from a coaching perspective? <laughs> well, it's actually funny you mention that because uh, against Bar Plenty, we're lucky enough to have Henry Fafili, uh in ah, from the New Zealand Warriors yeah. to present our jersey. Uh, so he came in and um, I was lucky enough to, to lead that night and uh, part of him being there, I asked him to perform his top three celebrations and then as the <laughs> girls came to meet their jersey, they had to uh, replicate those. And then we have many team challenges. Uh, so that weekend, uh, if they were to perform one of his try celebrations, uh, they got some points for their mini team. So it, it started there and then... Uh, nothing was on last weekend, but uh, it seemed to have flowed through. Oh, that is brilliant. Oh, Henry Farfelli, that's one of the most iconic. Cracking the uh, the rugby ball like a coconut and drinking it after scoring a try. Absolutely excellent. I, I imagine the focus has been elsewhere for this game this afternoon. But, but how much is... Because um, it looks like your team plays with a bit of joy, you know, like they, they thoroughly enjoy their rugby, it looks like, and, and they play... It's fun to them, if that makes any sense. Is that something that you guys focus on, or does that come naturally to the team? Yeah, no, there's three big focuses always for us as a team, um, enjoyment, learning and performance. So um, that's one of our, our three we focus on through our training, but also we want our girls when they're out in the, the field to be able to express themselves without fear of failure. Because you've been involved with um, Matatu in the uh, Opiki competition and obviously also here in the Farah Palmer Cup. Do you, do you find that sometimes that fun or that enjoyment can get lost the higher up these athletes progress through the through the ranks? Yeah, it's definitely a fine balance. Um, but we've got amazing management um, 
through from our coaches to our analysts to our, our mental skills um, that are all aligned around that, that fun. So yeah. uh, we keep each other accountable on that. And then the girls, like, uh, naturally, the energy they bring, um, everyone feeds off. So uh, I think just the environment we have, it, it kind of happens naturally as well sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kendra Cox said you can't uh, skirt around it. Her career is winding down. Is that a motivating factor for your team today or this weekend? Or have you guys kind of put that aside this week? Oh, no, it's definitely a special week um, with Kendra and um, Steph playing their final game, two legends um, of Canterbury rugby and also New Zealand rugby. Mm. Um, So, yeah, the girls are definitely motivated to put on a good performance for them. but we, we've had milestones uh, a lot through over these last two, three years, um, and it, it shouldn't affect the girls. But, but do you use those to sort of to motivate the team, or, or is it business as usual going into a, a final? Oh, no, there's definitely extra motivation. Yeah. Last night we, we had a team dinner, um, and we had some lovely messages come through for those girls from friends, um, whānau, uh, and then just other legends of the game. So um, pretty special moment for both of them. Today's grand final against the uh, the Auckland Storm. You beat them thirty three twenty seven way back in July. Do you take? Did you take any learnings away from that? Do you even think about that going into today's game? Uh, yeah, we were really happy with how we started last time against Auckland, uh, but then we we let them back in the game. We know um, they've got some strengths around their ball carry and the offload. Um, so it's just continued learning um, to how to shut that down. Yeah, for sure. What does the rest of your day look like? Um, obviously, you've you've had this interview circled um, uh, early on in the week as as pa- key part of your preparation. But then, what does the rest of the day look like leading up to the game? Yeah, I'm just on currently on the way to a walk down at New Brighton Beach, which I'll, I'll enjoy, and then uh, it's into hair braiding and strapping for the girls. Um, I don't get my hair braided. There's not quite enough there, and Blair Baxter, a ball definitely doesn't get his done, uh, but. <laughs> He has lost a bit, so something uh, to look out for. There's going to be something noticeably uh, different about him today. Is that right? Do, are we allowed to... Uh, could you let us in and, as to what the bet was? No, I, I can't okay. uh, I can't let, let that go, but uh, just just look out for him today. <laughs> OK, I will I will look forward to that. Um, very, uh, very thankful for you giving up your time this morning to come on the show, mate. Uh, looking forward to the uh, game this afternoon. Go well. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. That is our dear friend Tony Christie, uh, Canterbury Farah Palmer Cup assistant coach, taking on the Auckland Storm in the grand final tonight. This Canterbury Rugby update brought to you by Kevla Holmes, helping build the future of Canterbury Rugby. Kevla Holmes, proud partner of Canterbury Rugby. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Your home for all sport from Christchurch and beyond. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Oh!
Welcome back into the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Manaya in for Frankie on your Saturday morning. It's just coming up on 7.44. Uh, Farah Palmer Cup later on this afternoon. Plenty of sport going on as well. The uh, US Open semi-finals are on today. Uh, the Tiny Jameson Cup is coming up in just a few days' time. Um, and usually at this point of the show, I'm told... We do a panel. Jacob is currently running around with his hair on fire. Uh, we can only take one caller at a time. So we've had to prioritise. Uh, and we're going to go directly to Brendan Egan, Stuff and the Press sports writer. He joins us now. Good morning, Brendan. How are you, mate? Yeah, going well. Thank you. How's it going? That's a story. Very well, mate. Uh, you're usually up at 7.44 on a uh, Saturday morning? Yeah, I've got uh, two young lads, um, nearly three and nearly one. So it's... Uh, 6.30 wake-up call on Saturdays for me and every day, so uh, up with the birds early. Yeah, nothing different for you as well. Are you down in Christchurch, are you? Yeah, sure am, down in the Garden City, yep. Can we get a quick weather check for a Saturday morning? What are we looking at? Um, it's it's looking like it's going to be um, 13 degrees or so down here today. I saw on the Met service, it's sort of clear down here at the moment, but it's, it's not going to be that warm, sort of higher 13 degrees, they're saying. So, um, yeah, it'll be... Um, Looks like it'd be a decent day for the for the Farah Palmer Cup final, but um, yeah, there's no rain or anything like that. Just a bit bit cool, but uh, fine fine day expected. Yeah, beauty. I mean, Canterbury surely prohibitive favourites for this Farah Palmer Cup final. You'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think they're pretty big favourites, and obviously with um, you know Kendra Cox said with it being her final game, and you know they'll just be absolutely determined to send her off on a high. And I was a little bit surprised. I thought Waikato would have beaten Auckland in that semi final last week, so. To see Auckland there, I think, yeah, I think Canterbury, um, they'll be pretty fired up and playing at home with so much on the line and they want to do it for Kendra. I mean, I'd be I'd be stunned if they lost that. So, yeah, Canterbury, big favourites for me. Yeah, look, we were just talking to Tony Christie's the assistant coach of the uh, Canterbury women's team in the Farrah Palmer Cup there. Um, he was talking about they had, you know, obviously they had a, a, a do for Kendra last night and... Um, uh, this morning, he said to watch out for uh, the coach who has lost a bet. Now, he's bald, so he can't wear braids, but there's going to be something noticeable about him um, either in the coach's box or on the sideline. So I feel like that's that reeks of confidence going into a grand final, doesn't it? That does, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> but, I mean, they'll, they'll be um, obviously lost the final last year to Waikato, and they'll, they'll be... Uh, They've obviously, you know, always been the, the sort of one of the strongest teams or the strongest team in the Farah Palmer the last few years. So I just think there'll be so much motivation for that Canterbury team. And I, I think they'll come out all guns blazing today. And as I say, I'd be, I'd be shocked if Auckland tipped them over. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be another title for Canterbury uh, later on this afternoon. Looking forward a week, uh, the Tiny Jameson Trophy is going to be back on the line against Jamaica. They're playing 17th and 18th, back-to-back at Claudelands Arena. I don't think anyone's done that since the Wiggles. Uh, then 21st of September, they're going to be playing in Auckland. Um, a couple of changes in the team, Brendan. I, I guess we've got to start with the, the big news, Amelia and Ignacio back to captain. How, how big an impact is that going to have? I think it's a huge impact. Like, I mean, she, um, by all accounts, she was sort of um, a wee way off of her fitness for the Commonwealth Games, obviously seven mm. games in 10 days. And Nolan Taru is just so uh, so focused and so hot on those fitness um, standards. So wasn't quite there with the fitness standards, but obviously she's gone away and done the hard work. Um, and by all accounts, has been really impressive in their uh, trainings and that. So, yeah, that's huge to see uh, Ekinazio back. It just gives them another option in that shooting end. You know, obviously she's a, just a world-class goal attack and mm. um, they were using Maya Wilson sort of a lot at goal attack in the Commonwealth game. She's more of a natural goal shoot. So just gives uh, Tauru and the coaching staff just another option. They've got four pretty nice shooters and depending on what Jamaica are doing defensively, 
to leaf and that they can switch it around and go with what combinations working best. And just, I mean, her experience, I mean, she's obviously part of that 2019 World Cup winning squad and yeah. just a, a real leader out there for the Ferns um, on and off the court. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's huge having her back. Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple of other omissions. Well, actually, let's stay on the attacking end of the court because Jamaica had some very lengthy athletes in their uh, in their team. How, how big an inclusion is uh, Amelia Rand going to be to combat that? Because they seem to have a team full of seven-footers when they want to field it, don't they? They do, yeah. I mean, like, I think personally the, the Silver Ferns have been more on the defensive end, you know. Like that, just in that, that game against Jamaica and the Commonwealth Games, there just wasn't enough... Um, defensive through-court pressure, like, they were just firing the ball into Fowler, who's just, um, you know, she shot, like, 100% in that game and just absolute mm. phenomenal player. But, like, it, I mean, the work starts out front. I mean, if Fowler, Fowler gets the ball in her hand, she's going to score goals. So um, it's really just, I, I think, the midcourt and the defenders and and uh, just basically the whole team, they've got to do a better job. And Tara even said that uh, last week that, you know, if they're not going to get anywhere near Jamaica, if they don't step it up defensively and win more turnover ball, which they didn't do in that game in Birmingham. So, yeah, I mean, Ekinazio, I mean, she's going to score the goals. It'll just be interesting. I mean, I don't think she's probably going to be playing 60. I mean, they might they might uh, rotate it rounds. I mean, they've definitely got some shooting options. Um, mm. she, I, I can't imagine she'll be on the court for every game of every all three tests. But um, definitely it gives them some nice options in the shooting end. But as I say, if it doesn't, if the Silver Fans don't step up defensively, um, she's going to be a bit wasted in that attacking end. So they need to really uh, lift in that area. Yeah, you're talking a bit about the uh, midcourt there. A couple of spots opened up with uh, Crampton granted, uh, I guess they're calling it a, a sabbatical. She's got a few months off. She'll be back in, in December. And Shannon Saunders recently announced her pregnancy. A couple of big outs there. Of course, uh, Gina Crampton was the captain when Amelia Ann left. So how, how big are those two outs? And the, and the um, I guess, you don't want to call them newies because they're experienced in their own right, but um, sort of younger players, uh, Ruelu Buchanan and, and Gordon coming in. Yeah, definitely, definitely put some real pressure on the midcourt. I mean, Crampton's been so Ferns, you know, wing attack. She's been the starting wing attack for, for quite a few years now and just a real, like, she basically picks herself there at wing attack. So not having her, and then obviously Saunders has sort of been the one that backs her up, and she's obviously announced her pregnancy. So it's a huge loss at wing attack. But just talking to Tauroa, um last week, um, I, I get the feeling that Whitney Sooner said they started at centre in the uh, Commonwealth Games. I think she'll move back to wing attack, which is her preferred position. She's been outstanding, like, the last year. I think I um, did an article today, and I dubbed her New Zealand's most um, improved netballer. Like, Sunis has just made so much ground and just really looks confident and sort of, like, feels like she belongs in international netball now. So she'll, I think she'll probably go back to wing attack. She'll play a lot of wing attack in the series, which is her preferred position. And they'll obviously use Heffernan, and they might move uh, Gordon into wing D. Um, they've obviously, as you say, they've got Rielu Buchanan, who can cover mm. wing attack and centre. So they do have some options there, and I mean, it is a perfect chance for some of these players to get some decent court time against Jamaica, and I mean, they've got the World Cup next year in South Africa, so it's um, it's a good chance to get out there and really put their hands up some of these players, because I mean, with Crampton and Saunders and some of these players, they haven't really had a huge amount of court time, so um, yeah, have got players like, uh, you know, Mia, uh, Mila Rielu Buchanan, um, Heffernan, you know, it's a, it's a prime chance for them to step up and really um, put, their, put their hands up and say, pick me for the World Cup next year. Yeah, absolutely. What are, you, what are your predictions for this three-game series, the Tiny Jameson Trophy? Do you reckon we give us a number out of three? Oh, it's going to be close. Like, um, Jamaica, I haven't seen their squad yet. Like, it's, it's just up in the air. Like, whether, if they bring their full squad from Commonwealth Games, everyone's available. Like, I'd, I'd actually tip Jamaica personally. Like, I don't, I don't think Jamaica get enough respect. Like, mm. it's, it's probably the greatest Jamaican netball team of all time. Like, all their players, the bulk of their players play in, in Australia, Suncorp Super Netball now. Mm-hmm. And just with their height at both ends of the court, like, it's, um, they, don't, they don't probably get the respect they deserve. Like, I noticed at the Commonwealth Games, a lot of people were saying that, you know, it's so offensive. I hope we lose to England so we get Jamaica in the semi final. And I was, I was sitting there for <laughs> 
nothing. Can you, uh, have you watched them? what you wish for. It's, it's not the Jamaican team from 10 years ago. They're not They're not easy beats. They're a very, very good team. Um, as I say, they've got absolute, absolute, you know, bookends at both ends of the court, real height and, and reach and just really good netballers. Like, um, I don't know if some people in New Zealand really understand how good this Jamaican team is. And if, as I say, if they bring their full strength team that they had at the Commonwealth Games, they'll be a real, real handful, you know, given there's no Watson, no Berger, um, you know, cramped in some of the players we touched on. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I have, the, the squad, I tried to find it yesterday, and Nipple New Zealand said it hasn't been released yet. So, yeah, as I say, it'll be interesting to see who's in there for Jamaica, and if they've got their full full players, um, they'll be tough, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the fans again. What, what do you put there... Um because, like you said, there's still a, a perception that they're not easy beats, but certainly, like you said, they were they were favoured if we, if we could get hold of them um, at the Com Games. What do you what do you put their growth down to? Because obviously, Jamaica's produced some f- phenomenal athletes um, over the years. Is it just that? You know, oh, sorry, yeah, you go. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, it's, it's definitely Suncorp Super Netball. Like right. um, the bulk of the, the bulk of their squad are in there. They've got some outstanding players like Shamira Sterling, their defender. She, I'd say she's probably the, the best defender in more netball at the moment. And Janelle Fowler, just um, just oh, she's she's amazing. You know, just um, you got to obviously get the ball into her, but when she gets the ball, she's just you know she shoots about ninety eight to one hundred percent. Just um, doesn't miss basically with her yeah. height. So yeah, a lot of their players are in Australia, professional environments. They're fitter than they've ever been. They're um, playing top-level netball. They're training every day. They're around great coaching in the Australian system. So they just brought that um, knowledge and um, and stuff back to the Jamaican setup. And um, I just think it's a lot more professional. They've obviously got Rob Wright, um, who's been here with the Mystics, um, very astute coach. He's been, he was their assistant. I think he's the defence coach actually during the the World Cup, and um, they picked up a lot of turnover balls. So. Um, I just think Jamaican netball is a lot more professional than it, than it ever has been, and um, they've, they've made leaps and bounds. And yeah, I mean, they could have easily won a gold medal in Birmingham, which would have been a, a huge story for Jamaican netball. So yeah, I think we just you know need to be on guard, and, and people just need to realise that this, as I say, this Jamaican team isn't from five year, ten years ago. They they're very strong, and um, they could definitely tip the Silverfins over up in the series. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time and your expertise, uh, Brendan. We appreciate you. Obviously, I was going to say appreciate you getting up this early, but you've actually been up for an hour, so you should be thanking me for getting up this <laughs> bloody <laughs> early, mate. Um, <laughs> Brendan Egan from the press and stuff.co.nz. Thank you very much for your time, mate. Okay, no worries. Cheers for that. Cheers, mate. Uh, great to chat there, as always. Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, we couldn't get Mike Thorpe on the line, so the panel was a two-man panel. Jacob was kind of hoping that... I was hoping that Jacob would uh, would weigh in on that. Um, I can I'm just looking at your eyes, they're a lot fresher than mine are, Jacob. Can I assume you didn't watch the Eels versus the Panthers last night? No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Okay, fair enough. Um, I was ran out of time, but I was going to ask uh, a dear friend, Brendan Egan, uh, what he made of the uh, Black Caps capitulation ahead of the third dead rubber. Are we a chance to win the dead rubber? Don't know. We've run out of time to talk about it anyway. That panel of two men, proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. We've got a massive day of sport here on SENZ coming up uh, in just moments' time, feverishly preparing out in the offices, one uh, Louis Herman, what the good oil on very shortly. The mail run on after that, a massive day of sports. The uh, uh, semifinals of the US Open uh, are on later on today, as well as the round one. Of the playoffs in the NRL, it's been an absolute pleasure filling in for Frankie Mackay. and I are here from the run home. Uh, I will catch you guys on Monday. Thanks very much to Jacob and best of luck to the good oil.
For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.